we learned a lot about pricing. We learned a lot about wholesale pricing, retail pricing, what would be fair, what would be expected margins. And we learned along the way because I wish I could say we had certain assumptions and they were pretty much, okay, no, we knew nothing about the real world and we learned by doing and by making mistakes. Budget overruns, brick devices, data breaches, building connected products is hard. Welcome to Over the Air, sharp, unfiltered conversations with executives about their IoT journeys, the mistakes they made, the lessons they learned, and what they wish they'd known when they started. I'm your host, Ryan Prosser. Welcome back to Over the Air, IoT Connected Devices and the Journey. My name is Ryan Prosser, CEO of Very, and today we're joined by Rafael Atijas, CEO and founder at Loop Guitars. We're going to be talking about building a connected musical device. Rafael, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, Rafael, I am a huge fan of Luke. My kid uses your product. For those that don't know, give us 30 seconds on the company. Well, thank you so much. So, Luke is basically a line of guitars that's designed to make it fun and easy and less intimidating, more stimulating for little kids to learn how to play music. And you have a background in this, from my understanding, right? Your background is in music. Right. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, I'm an amateur musician. I had a band when I was in my 20s, like so many other people. And then I uh, I was studying. I was doing my master's at NYU. Uh, and the time came for the thesis, which was basically a business plan of something that you think uh, the world needed and didn't exist. And I looked around and I saw that, you know, most guitars for children were basically the same. They were like cheap, small, and that's pretty much it. And I decided to, you know, to rethink that a little bit in order to bring some innovation and, you know, hopefully to make it fun, easy, stimulating for little children to to learn to play guitar. Yeah, it's interesting. Literally, I think 100% of my kids' friends have a Lug guitar. So, I mean, you guys are killing it with the (laughs) under 10 market. So, Raphael, one of the questions I've got is you've got this background in uh, music. And as I said, this is hugely popular with the, with the under 10 crowd. Where does a person begin with this? I mean, you're reinventing, near as I can see, the product is, is more similar kind of to a ukulele than a guitar in terms of size and so forth. Talk about day zero. So you're reimagining guitars for younger kids, uh, for the audience. I'm going to put words in Raphael's mouth, but the neck of the guitar is a lot smaller. So we're looking at a three-string guitar what did that day zero look like as you're totally reimagining this process? I can tell you exactly because I remember that uh, day when, when the idea dawned on me. Um, as I said, I was studying at NYU and I was actually, you know, time came pressing to come up with an idea and I had no idea what, what to do. Uh, and we were told, you, you know, the only thing that they really recommended is doing something that you really like because you were going to spend like a whole semester, you know, doing research about it and, and like pretty much focus on that. So I knew it had to be something to do about music uh, because I like music and I like guitars. And I also like industrial design and product design. And when I was having all these things in my mind, uh, my little niece, who was six at that time, got... Uh, well, a small guitar as a present. And it was one of these, you know, guitars that you can get at a, you know, at a 
supermarket. It, it wasn't great. And me being the uncle who actually was a musician and could teach her how to play and how to tune it, I grabbed it and I realized that it was almost impossible to do that with that guitar because it was, you know, cheaply made. It didn't sound right. It didn't tune right. And that's when the idea came. I should do a, I should make a, a children's guitar that you can actually tune and you can actually play. And it would, you know, it would be easy and more fun and to easier also to understand and make sense of what you are doing when you're hitting those strings and those frets and everything. So that was actually the, the day zero when, when my niece got that uh, guitar uh, and I, I realized we could do better. So when I think about kids' products, product market fit becomes tricky. We talk a lot on this show about product market fit, serving unmet customer needs. And then when you have it, you know, tech companies tend to go boom quickly, boom in a good way. I mean, with products for babies, so we, you know, Owlette is a friend of the show and a friend of the company. Um, the, the customer is the parent, of course. And, you know, later in life, the customer is the customer. For kids of a certain age, the customer, it's fuzzy. It's kind of the parent. It's kind of the kid. It's fuzzy. I love that question, actually, uh, because we do have a clear positioning of that, too. For us, the customer is the parent. And we do that because of, you know, I'm also a parent. And when we talk to people about why they should buy our guitars or what, what we do and if they like it, how they could get it, we always try to make it clear that we are talking to grown-ups because, you know, I, I do think that it, would, it wouldn't be right to be, you know, trying to convince kids. Obviously, the product itself needs to be compelling and, and if a kid sees it, they, they, hopefully they'll want to, to, to have it. But in our communication, you know, if you go to our website or any piece of communication that we make, we are always talking uh, from grown-ups to grown-ups. Although the product is meant for children, uh, actually a lot of what they get is actually, you know, is, is for parents too, because usually people who get our guitars are parents who are really into music and they want to share that um, love of music with their kids. So we are talking to them because we feel the same way. So talk to me a little bit about that customer discovery process. So you guys have a very clear position that your customer is the parent, which I checks out for me. You know, I bought this. My son wasn't pushing for this. He was excited when he when it came. He loves using it, but he definitely was not saying, you know, this is the next toy that I have to have or whatever. What is that product market fit journey looked like for you guys? I, I we haven't had anyone on the show that is selling to the non-user of the product. This is somewhat uh, unusual. What, what, what have you guys learned in this process? What are parents telling you? Maybe what's an example of a thing that you thought that turned out to be incorrect that you, you know, by talking to the customers you discovered? I give you an example of that. And I also give you an idea of why I think we communicate the way we do. We started out as a Kickstarter campaign and I think uh, that has a lot to do with certain sense of community or let's say organic reach that we've been fortunate enough to have. Like when you have a, a, an e-commerce, basically, because that's how we market our guitars, well, the, the, there's one way of reaching your customers that's doing a lot of ads and, and you know, having active social media accounts and, and just trying to reach the right people. 
we we do that a little bit, but mostly what we do is we try to build community among like-minded people. And those like-minded people can be very different. I mean, we have kind of like younger parents, we have uh, grandparents buying for their grandkids, and, and it's, it's a very eclectic uh, group of people. But I do think that the fact that it started out as a Kickstarter campaign uh, with no ads at all and actually just me on a video saying, okay, I have this idea, this is a prototype, if you like it, let's do it together. And we, you know, we managed to get more or less 500 people who said, okay, I'm in, I'm pitching in. And, and that's how it started. And that's pretty much how we uh, took it from, from there. And you asked for a, for a, an example of things that we thought and then we realized it was different. As I said, we, we, we thought that in the beginning, people who would buy our guitars would basically be youngish parents, really into music, kind of cool, kind of into design. Uh, and then we realized that we had some of those, but I, I do think that our bigger uh, customer base is actually grandparents. And that's something that definitely took us by surprise. Um, we didn't see that coming after it happened. We made some sense out of it. You know, grandparents, they, they, well, they like music too, of course, and they like to connect with their kids in some kind of experience way. Uh, so sometimes they just, you know, they, they would get a little video on their phones of their grandkids playing with the guitar that they get them. And so it's a very emotional thing. Uh, but that's something that, to be honest, we, we didn't think about it until it happened. So for those uh, able to view on video today, I have a Luke guitar with me. Um, as a reminder, we don't accept any advertising dollars when we talk about products on the air that we personally love. Uh, for those that can't see it, you know, it looks like something that Elvis would have been very into. You know, I think <laughs> Ch Chuck Berry would have been a, a really big fan of this guitar. I wish. We're looking at like a black guitar with sort of a wet white center. I'm not a guitarist, so I'm probably using the wrong words here. Um, the neck is three strings, which is really what sets you guys apart, right? This is the thing is small hands can't get across the neck, the part that has strings on it of a six string. Without getting too technical, yeah, three strings instead of the usual six does make it, you know, able to do a much slimmer neck, and that you know makes it easier for little hands to to wrap around the guitar neck and and to reach the whole fretboard. And also, three strings is actually the minimum you need to be able to play any song because songs are basically, and again, I'll try not to get too technical, but songs are basically built on chords and chords. In order to play a chord, you just need to play three notes at a time. So even if you are playing a, a six-string guitar and you're playing, let's say, a C major chord, it's only three notes that they are uh, going on there. They might repeat among the six strings, but it's only three. So with our guitars, you're still able to play chords, you're still able to play any song, and yeah, and it's the minimum you need, so it's also easier to make sense of what's going on when you're playing what you're playing. My son's favorite song to play on his Lug is Free Fallen by Tom Petty. I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. Do you have a, a – I imagine not every song lends itself to a three-string guitar. Maybe that's not true. Well, you tell me. Is that true? I would say technically it's possible, but yeah, I mean, certain songs are make more sense to play on a, on a three-string guitar. 
Uh, I mean, some some songs would, wouldn't even make a lot of sense to play on guitar. They would make more sense on keyboards or whatever. But, uh, you know, technically, it would be possible to play any song. But I would agree with you. Certain songs are definitely feel more at home on a three-string guitar than others. Yes. So uh, out there in IoT land, we've got a lot of our audience asking themselves right now, have I tuned into the wrong podcast? What about this is <laughs> IoT related? So let's get a little bit technical now. This is actually very much an IoT device. Um, you, there's an app component to this. The, the guitar itself is, I don't want to say of limited value, but you don't full, even come close to fully unlocking the value of this unless you're paired with the app. Can you talk a little bit about you guys' vision and, and stance on using technology to fully unlock the learning experience? So when we started out, we actually purposely left technology pretty much aside because we were hoping that kids would leave uh, screens aside for a second and they would just play with a piece of wood. And that's what it's all about. And the physics uh, happening when you pull a string and it vibrates and it makes sounds. Uh, now, uh, when we started delivering the guitar and seeing how people use it, we realized that, yeah, three strings makes it easier, but it's not enough. And we needed to, to develop content, educational content. So for us, what's happening in the app, it's not so much about technology, but about, uh, more about as a platform to deliver content that will make it easier and more fun for those kids to learn how to play. So yeah, the guitar actually comes with an app and it's a free app. And what's cool about the app and how the instrument connects with the app is that we are not using any like, you know, uh, wireless protocol. We're not using Bluetooth. There's no USB port. There's nothing of that. All there is is the app uh, listening to what you play through the device's uh, microphone. And that's enough. You can actually play the guitar uh, in the same way. Now we're recording this podcast using a microphone and we are using our regular computer or whatever. We don't have a specific you know, uh, device for that. Uh, same thing happens when you open your app on, a, on an iPad or an iPhone or an Android device. And it just listens to what you play and it can give you feedback and it can tell you if you're playing it right and if you're playing it wrong. And there's also some very important visual uh, elements to that because we, we you can even use the selfie camera, point yourself while playing the guitar and it will teach you where to put your fingers in order to play chords. Um, so I was really proud and happy when we realized, okay, this is a way of incorporating technology without actually, you know, adding a chip to the guitar or a Bluetooth this or, or that. It's the, the guitar itself is just a guitar and, and it's pretty much the same as it would have been built in the early, you know, 20th century. Um, but in, in th there is a big technology component in what we do with educational content and how we try to reach kids uh, through that. So let's stay on the, the technological component. I You can definitely see the guitar is classically built. It's beautifully built, uh, beautifully designed. On the technology side, you know, it, Raphael, I sense from you a, a, a kind of a hesitancy on technology. Let's, you know, I'll, I'll paraphrase it and say, let's not put more technology into a thing than it needs. You know, and if there's an opportunity to dial back on the technology and have this be about the music, then that's probably the preferred path. I'll be honest about this, Ryan, actually. 
I told you I'm a parent. I became a parent after doing loop guitars. Um, as everybody before being a parent, I was like, oh, when my kids grow, uh, when I get my kids, they, they won't be all day at, uh, watching the screen. I, I'll be the best. And then, of course, life happens and you get your kids and, and you see that, you know, having uh, access to technology is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, too much of it obviously can be. Uh, but actually, you know, a good app could be a great tool in order to, to kids to be focused, to learn something, to have fun, to gain confidence. Uh, so that's what we are trying to do. Yeah, we are not trying to add every single bell and whistle that we can to our app. We don't have LED lights on our guitar. We don't have any strange things like that. But, but we do, I mean, we do use technology a lot. And we definitely use technology uh, from a business point of view. I mean, we are an e-commerce company and, and, and we use it. So, yeah. Perfect segue. So I, I want to talk about, you know, it sounds like, uh, by the way, your evolution as a parent is like the evolution of every parent <laughs> of a certain age, I have to say. So I think there's an audience uh, a demographic out there of a certain age that's like, yes, that was me. I definitely thought a certain thing prior to having kids and that changed quickly. We were so smart, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh boy. The most perfect parents are the parents without kids yet, you know, exactly. and everyone else is just trying to make it. <laughs> so talk to me about Lug's evolution of talking more about the company than the product um, as a technology company. And I really care right now about something I ask about a lot, which is the wrong side of impossible. You know, this idea that you got to solve something different, unique, or at a different price point to be, to exist as a technology company. It seems like you guys' thesis has evolved as you've gone. You wanted to be a maker of guitars. Now you're a technology company. What were some things you guys had to solve for to make it to today? Definitely. So many, so many. But yeah, in the beginning, um, well, you, you, you put it very well. We were a we were like a great example of a product company. I was in love with the product and I thought, this is what we do. We do three string guitars. And then it, it took me a while to realize, no, we, we don't actually make three string guitars. What we do is actually to try to make it fun and easy for kids to play music. And in order to do that, well, we have guitars, we have educational content, we have this and that. So there was that evolution from realizing that, you know, for focusing not so much on the product, but on the solution that we try to bring, uh, and then there was also in realizing you, you were talking about market feeds and all that and pricing. As I said, we started with a crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter. It went, it went well. Uh, you know, we put it out there without knowing if it would go well or not. We found, you know, about 500 people who were okay putting money. We got, and, and I thought this is going to be fairly easy. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll be an online store. And, and this will be it. And, and, you know, and then of course the Kickstarter campaign has certain momentum. And when you go to, you know, to replicate that on an online store, well, you know, you, you need something else. And, and so it took me a while to realize that only with a website, it wouldn't be enough that I would also try to put the guitar in the real world. And that's how I started attending certain trade shows. We always tried to keep, to keep it small. So we, we would never, we never had the goal to have our guitars like in Walmart or anything. 
but we do want to have our guitars in small specialty stores so that people, you know, walking through a street and they see a nice store and they see our guitars there, they can also, you know, learn that we exist. And with that, with having both direct to consumer through our online store and having a wholesale business channel, we learned a lot about pricing. We learned a lot about wholesale pricing, retail pricing, what would be fair, what would be expected margins. And we learned along the way because I wish I can I could say, you know, we had cer- certain assumptions and they were pretty much okay. No, we, we, we knew nothing about the real world and we learned by doing and by making mistakes. Um, and yeah, and the thesis has changed because, you know, if one thing we did right was to actually be open and, and try to learn uh, from people who've been doing this uh, from before, um, from before us and all that. What's next for you guys? I mean, I, I like I said, I keep saying it. I'm a big fan of the product. My kid loves it. He uses it regularly. Thank you so much, Ryan. I don't, I, I don't take it for granted. So I, I, I don't want to leave all these very nice comments uh, without saying thank you so much. Well, I would say thank you to you as well. I mean, parents are very grateful to companies that create products like this that do you know, allow the our kids to, to have kind of an educational journey, not just be staring at Peppa Pig. But <laughs> what, what's next for you guys? Are you going to take the guitar further or are we going to start to see you guys move into other instruments? Yeah, I, I'm happy to give you a, a few breaking news about that. So yeah, we, we do expect to, to branch into other instruments uh, as early as next year. We started out with three string guitars and pretty much acoustic models. So in, in the, all these years that we've been in business, we actually grown our product lineup quite a bit because we have three string guitars. We, we also have six string guitars now. We have ukuleles, we have acoustic guitars, electric guitars. And, and next year, hopefully, we expect to, to have a piano too. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited with what we are, with how we are thinking about this piano. Um, so I do hope that at some point in late 2023, we'll have that. And the other thing that will be, that's, you know, in the horizon for us is actually to keep, uh, investing and creating in, in educational content. And right now we are working on an idea that I'm very, very, uh, you know, um, excited about, um, when you create educational content for kids that are super young, like three, four, five, six, the challenge is, well, how, how you make it interesting and compelling and fun. So gamifying educational content is something that we certainly try to do and will continue to try to do. Uh, but now we are bringing a second element in order to make it you know, really fun and really engaging. That's adding uh, storytelling. So we are creating this um, kind of like YouTube a show that interacts with our app and that, you know, basically uh, invites kids watching it to be part of a band and play guitar. And if they don't know how to play guitar, don't worry, we'll teach you. And there's a, a very like nice story that has to do with learning, obviously, about music, but also gaining, you know, confidence and learning science through music and learning history of music that we are putting together that I'm very, very, very excited about. I love it. I love the idea of a piano. One follow-up question on the piano. You know, the guitar is beautiful. We have it displayed on the wall in a guitar rack alongside other full guitars. 
we proudly displayed in part because my son's learning it, in part because it it is beautiful. Tell tell us about this piano. Do, pianos are not easily moved. So, if this is is this something that you are, are the early prototypes coming out and and uh, you're excited about the way these look? What can we know about this piece of new incoming furniture? Definitely, yes. Some, uh, I mean, putting out something that you you would feel okay and proud and and you know. Uh, to, to display it in your home is definitely something that we'll try to keep on doing. We do have a design. Uh, we do know that we want to use, you know, good materials. A, a lot of, you know, creating a, it's, it, it won't be a plastic keyboard with, you know, funky buttons. It will be like a really nice uh, children's piano that, you know, it will, uh, hopefully it will look as good as it will sound. It seems to me, maybe this question was best placed earlier in the interview, but you know, I think that I was listening to some music the other day. I can't remember a hip hop song or something, and they referenced a tech product. I think FaceTime. You know, they're like, I'm going to FaceTime you, whatever. And I thought, man, if I was working on that product, it'd be such a badge of honor to hear my product mentioned in a pop media, pop culture kind of way. You know, you guys are out there, you're kind of a sensation. There's a generation of musicians. Most of these kids are not going to become the next big thing, but some of them are, you know, and a lot of them, even whether the next big thing or not the next big thing, are going to refer back to their Luke guitar as just a kind of the tapestry of their childhood. As an entrepreneur, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, you guys seem like you're going to be mentioned as one of the 10 things when children refer back to their childhood and talk about it. What does that look like as a founder? I don't know about that, but I do know that when we get someone's, you know, saying, oh, I started out with the Lug and, and, and we like it or anything, obviously it's a big, like a big, big part of, of what keeps us doing it. Because as you know, you know, running a business, uh, even if it's a, really nice product and you love what you do, obviously it has a lot of ups and downs and sometimes it's just so hard. So let me tell you a story about Pip Blom. She's a musician from the Netherlands. His father bought a look on our first Kickstarter campaign. This was 10 years ago. And, and you know, and at some point, like a few years later, he sent me this demo of you know, her daughter that she had actually recorded a lot of songs when she was, I think, 12 or 13 uh, with her look guitar. And and that was amazing by itself. And now I follow this girl. She has a proper band. She's touring Europe. She has this beautiful music, an indie rock band. She's from the Netherlands. She plays in England. She plays all al- along Europe. She has several EPs and, and an album uh and she started out with a new guitar, and that's amazing. And you know, and we've been fortunate enough to to get a few of those things. Or actually, like just a month ago, I, I met one of my all-time heroes, uh, Jack White uh, of the White Stripes, who uh, actually you know was aware that we existed. Uh, he received a new guitar from me as a present. He he was so nice. So you know, uh, he played one on stage in in his on stage among thousands of people um and those things are definitely uh part of what keeps us uh moving so yeah it it means a lot definitely it's really not so much about 
being part of, of pop culture, obviously that's amazing and fun. And, and I share it with my friends, but it, it's the little things. It's like grandparents telling you, you know, uh, she started out with a look and now she formed a band or something like that. that. That's really amazing. Because again, when we thought about this, it was a theory. We didn't know. Would it actually work? I mean, we think it will work. I'm a musician myself. I saw my niece. I think, no, you know what? I think three strings is better. But it, you do it and, and it will take you a few years before you, you get to see kids that actually learned on a loop and now they play, um, they play, you know, other guitars. And by the way, that's an important part of, of what we want to do. We, we see ourselves as a great first guitar and we want to focus on that. And if after learning on a loop, they want to buy a Fender or a Gibson or whatever, that's actually great news for us because that's what we want to bring more people into music regardless of whether they end up being musicians or not. Uh, I'm myself, I, I, I don't have a touring band and I'm not a professional musician, but it's something that, you know, it makes me, it keeps me company at home. Uh, I have my guitars, my, my keyboards, as you can see here for those watching. And, and, you know, it's just something that it's, it's a good uh, skill to have, to be able to play some music. So that's really what, what gets us uh, going. So, you know, we spend most of the year on this podcast talking to commercial and industrial um, IoT companies or folks that have uh, implemented IoT solutions. So we don't spend a lot of time talking about where you can purchase the product. You know, this is not normally the focus of the show. This episode goes to air a couple days before Christmas in 2022. Uh, for somebody that's like, my God, this is, look, I love IoT, but this product sounds amazing. Are you guys in retail locations? Where would a person be able to find? We are, yeah. So if you go to lookguitars.com and you go to find the store, uh, you'll see, you know, you'll be able to put your zip code or whatever, and it will show you the stores near you. I wish I could tell you that if you go on December 22 to our online store, that it will arrive on time for Christmas, but you know how things are since COVID, so it probably won't be the case. But uh, that's the best uh, bet if you are listening this just a couple of days before Christmas, uh, get in on a store. And, and you know, we... we uh, we can proudly say that we are in beautiful stores where, where you can get like really, really nice uh, products, not just our guitars. So best way is wherever you are, just go to lookguitars.com, uh, go to find the store, and there you can see the nearest one to you. For those at home, Lug is spelled L-O-O-G. Rafael, play us out with one last question. I always love to ask CEOs this. So you're unusual. You're, I would not describe you as you know, a dyed-in-the-wool IoT guy, you know, you're, you see musician first, um, and you've kind of been dragged into IoT land, and we're happy to have you. Who out there in IoT land, in your opinion, is doing good work that you think not enough people are talking about? Well, the ones that I really, really like, and every time they put out something out there, I can't believe how good it is, is Teenage Engineering, a uh, company from Sweden, uh, I don't know if everybody's aware of them, but they are first, I think, a design company, a product design company. Their, uh, their key product is, is a little synth uh, that's very powerful and very beautifully made, OP1, very small. 
uh, fantastically made, great. I mean, it's Apple quality, the materials, the, the, the build, everything, the software. Uh, and they are doing great things. And, and they do everything from, you know, from cameras to musical instruments to quirky stuff to, you know, speakers. And, and they, I mean, as I said, every time they put out something out there, it blows my mind. I love it. Cool. All right. Well, maybe we'll have them on the show for, for next year. Thanks for the mention. I'll be listening. <laughs> well, that's a wrap for today. Raphael, thank you so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure, Ryan. Thank you so much for, for having me. And thank you for listening. Join us next time as we meet with another IoT executive to talk about things that went wrong on a journey that went right. Over the Air is brought to you by Very. To find out more about us, head over to verypossible.com and make sure to search for Over the Air in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else great podcasts are found. Don't forget to click subscribe to ensure you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Very, thanks for listening.